0: Hi, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to Our Right Stories, a podcast created and developed by the Just Right Scotland team with your host, Natalia. Today, we have a special guest, Maya. Hi there. I'm Maya. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, So I am
1: currently a volunteer for the Scottish Women's Rights Centre and I was previously an intern here last year. Um, I've almost been volunteering for two years now, which is quite exciting. Um, And The Scottish Women's Rights Centre is a project between Rape Crisis Scotland, Just Right Scotland and the Strathclyde Law Clinic. So I fill in that gap as a a law student um, volunteering through the Strathclyde University and working with the Scottish Women's Rights Centre solicitors and caseworkers from Just Right Scotland.
0: Could you tell us a little bit more about your role? Yeah,
1: so it's like a collab between all three. Um, And that means that when I'm in my volunteer role, at least once a month as a student volunteer, I work remotely on different tasks. Um, So that means I develop blogs for the website um, or for use by SWRC teams for training and presenting purposes. Or I undertake research tasks for like consultation responses or presentations or specific queries by service users that might use the SWRC helpline. Um, and then I also help with some elements of casework. So that usually concerns legal aid rules um, and its application to a particular case. Or I might research some case law if it helps prove a particular point that's being argued. So quite a range. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: amazing. Already sound like you have way more qualifications than
1: do. <laughs> <laughs> So <Yep. laughs> do you find
0: that helpful when you're kind of doing research in a volunteer as like opposed to doing it for like student work? Or do you connect both of them?
1: Yeah. Um, there's an interesting overlap that happens like I did family law in second year of university I think so there was a little bit of overlap with what the current provisions in the law are but it wasn't ever like that was put into practice so when I'm doing research and stuff it's really nice to be able to put what I've learned in theory into practice and see how it operates in real life so it's, it's useful having that legal information because you're not cu- coming to it completely alien and um, but you're definitely building on it like in a different way than I would have done in my studies
0: Yeah, that's really really cool. So you had mentioned previously to me before but also um, just so other people know why they're listening. You were also an intern for three months. So can you explain what you did as an intern? Yeah, so all current SWRC
1: Strathclyde Law Clinic volunteers have the opportunity to be an intern and you just have to go through an application process. Um, and I decided to apply because it always seemed too good to be true. I was like, oh my goodness, three months in this firm, amazing opportunity. It's just me. So you're getting sole attention. And I was like, that just sounds like an opportunity you cannot miss. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you said, it was interning two days a week for three months, which I really enjoyed because that's a quarter of a year. So you're getting to see a lot of developments that are happening in the firm and with the Scottish Women's Rights Centre in that time, as opposed to just doing like 24 days within a month period. Um, but the difference, I'd say the main one between interning and being a volunteer was the projects that I was able to take on because I was there for quite a long time. So, and the fact there was also in person in an office, which was great. So the volunteering is also remote. And this was nice because it was the first office setting I think I'd been in since COVID, so it was like really nice to gain that in person experience and like learn how an office operates and stuff. It was it was nice to have that, um. But the kind of things that I would do so. I helped form a consultation response over the entire duration that I was here, which was really, really interesting. And then that got submitted away and I was like, oh my god, I, I did that. That was quite cool. Um and then I also shadowed the helpline, which is something you can't do remotely. So again, it was like that different type of experience that I was getting that was more practical and hands-on, actually talking to or listening to service users who were talking. So that was really that was interesting. Um, and then again, I worked through client files. I organized case bundles. I attended meetings and I took all the minutes and stuff. And I got to meet the team and everything and do the socials. So it was good. Yeah, the socials, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a little
0: bit in. <laughs> That's really really cool. And I I really like that you highlight the difference between working as well in person versus yes. working remotely. Yes, Um, And I think that's really interesting because I think like as a volunteer, you're doing a lot more like blogging and, and I guess independent work.
1: Yeah, it's a lot more of like one-off research tasks, which can be good. And they like definitely when you're doing your uni work, it breaks up the day. It's quite nice to have that. But when I was in here, like because it was over such a long span of time, I was able to see things through more thoroughly and be more involved, which I really enjoyed
0: yeah no that sounds really cool um just another like just off side question but um what was your favorite topic that you you said you did a consultation yes on something. What yes was it for? that
1: was my favorite um so it was on the proposed abortion buffer zone bill for like the different clinics that you've got in scotland so i was researching that it took a lot of time and energy i think it went through about like five different redrafts before it was fine off. But it was re- it was really nice to see the process of that and the being worked through.
0: Yeah, no, that's really cool. I can imagine that being helpful as well because it's like you're getting to apply things that you're learning as well from uni. Yeah, you're getting to apply yeah. things in like a real world seeing it in action. Yeah, <laughs> which I mean definitely does give you a whole different perspective of like what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. So building on this consultation. Um, What was included from basically the rights holders that you were looking at?
1: Yeah, so there was a lot of input from real life cases that were going on. A lot of service users who had input their experiences, a lot of lived experience material. That was quite a commonly used term that was uh, used within this. And that was really important because it meant that you weren't just looking at like the theory of the law. It's like real life, real people and what their um, views are and how they've been impacted. So it was good to include
0: all of that in it as well. So what other tasks did you do to help develop your skills during your internship?
1: Yeah, um, there was loads of things that were really helpful. Even things like taking the minutes for all the meetings that we had. That genuinely helped with having to type quickly, organization, knowing how to do that kind of thing, which I hadn't done before, which is very common in an office setting. So getting used to like a commercial environment in that sense. Um, I also developed my organisation skills and my time management skills when I had to look through my tasks um, and I was liaising with Lindsay a lot as well to prioritise what I should be doing and when I should be doing it and it was really helpful in that way to sort of develop like a professional manner in how I was managing my time um, and I think as well like um, as well one of the things that I had to do was organise all the documents for our client files. So even familiarizing myself with like how a bundle is organized for court, which is something that I will need to know for the future that I would never have had the insight into through my degree was really, really interesting. And as well, this was the first setting that I'd been in legal setting since COVID. So being surrounded with other people as well, you know, honing into my teamwork skills in that way it was really, really um it was really crucial for me to have that because before this, every, all the experience that I had previously were online. So it was like in my bedroom kind of thing. This was the first real thing for me. And I think, again, being here for three months as well really helped develop that professional element to what I was doing as well. And it's, it's paid off. So, <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> so what have you learned so far as being a volunteer? Yeah. Um, so like I
1: had said previously, it was really nice to put the theoretical legal knowledge that I've learned in university into play in real life. Um, so for example, I think in one of my modules like years ago, I was learning about different terms and stuff. For example, like economic abuse, that was one of the ones that came up in my my family law class. Um, and that was a form of coercive control where a person interferes with their partner's ability to use and maintain financial resources like limiting access to um, resources such as food and transport Um, and I learned in that class that you know the Domestic Abuse Scotland Act 2018 um, makes coercive control including economic abuse um, a criminal offence in Scotland but as far as the learning went that was it. There wasn't any really practical input but as part of my research for the SWRC I was asked to look at the domestic abuse court experience project um, and that looks at survivors experiences of criminal proceedings under the 2018 Act and I was tasked to find data which would understand whether the aims of that act um which were to better understand coercive control is like encompassing a raft of ongoing behaviours rather than isolated incidents and to If that act reflected the impact that non-physical abuse like coercive control has on the psychological and emotional health of survivors, if those two aims like translated to survivors' experiences of criminal justice responses to domestic abuse. So it's quite a lot that I was tasked with, but that's something that I had studied in university, which then I was able to put into action and put into play. Um, And for the most part, I found that survivors felt marginalized through the process and that the non-harassment orders that were granted were insufficient in terms of the scope covered. And that was something that I found out through my research. Um, And it was just really interesting to see how the law that I study interacts with real life lived experience and how organizations like the SWRC can analyze that data on lived experiences to help inform and hopefully reform a process which will cultivate change within our legal landscape
0: that's really interesting yeah yeah oh sorry I'm just like processing but like I think that's really (laughs) such a powerful thing to look at yeah because it does like you said like it's out of scope right for part of your findings yeah and I'm kind of curious um you mentioned that you had to collect a lot of data and a lot of lived experiences through this were there any stories that you heard that were particularly touching or like really stuck with you
1: um, there was one story that I had read upon of someone who had gone through the process but felt like the non-harassment order that was granted to her wasn't sufficient enough because it didn't have any provisions that covered safety of her children. They were excluded from it. So in that way, she still felt really vulnerable because it meant that her abuser didn't have to... You know, he wasn't restricted in that sense and her, her children were in a liability. And that was quite touching because it just... It makes you sad to think that you know the law is lacking in that area and it's something that it failed to do was to protect her and that was that was its aim and that was quite heartfelt because you realize that you know this is someone this is real this is an order that they wanted and it's insufficient to protect them it was it failed her you know
0: yeah yeah and i think it's one of those things that you never really think of when you think of like how badly implementation can happen where it's like the idea was to protect the woman but that's not where that ends, right? So it's like, yeah. no, it's, a part yeah. of the woman would be also she's a carer, she's a mother. That includes the children. Yes. That includes it goes scope. past
1: the theory of just looking at what she is on paper, and you realize that there's so many other ties and extra considerations that aren't actually put into play, and all of those create loopholes and those create like uncertainty, uncertainties,
0: and that makes it unsafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's amazing that you were able to do this and. I mean, how do you, so I'm curious, like when you go through these things, because I think particularly working with like gender-based violence and, yeah. and with people that have had that lived experience is quite difficult, difficult and taxing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious how you found that experience and how you kind of cope with stuff like that.
1: Um, yeah, I, I mean, I want to qualify into family law, I think. So it's, it's an area that really interests me and I do think part of you has to intrinsically sort of be built for it because it's not for everyone so there's been times in the past when I've said to people like this is what I want to do and they're like oh I don't know how you can stomach that and it is it is hard but you have to think of like the impact that you'll be making by by helping people and by making the law better and by making change I think at the minute obviously I'm not at that stage yet I'm still studying so when I come across things that are quite hard to deal with it's important to just step back and create sort of like a little bit of space for yourself and just sort of ground yourself a little bit, you know, come back after you've had time to relax. Um, but I think that is part and parcel of, of doing this kind of work is you are going to feel stuff. That's the nature of it. And that's the way it is. And part of you does have to be quite resilient to be able to deal with it.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's very true. I think it's very powerful. (laughs) Um, So what's next for you within the centre and outside the centre?
1: Yes, so I'm currently going into my honours year of university, which is very exciting. So second last year, because I'll be doing my diploma after this. um, I chose family law as one of my electives, which is great. So I've got lots of recourse and lots (laughs) of material to look back on as well um and over the summer I actually gained a traineeship at Brody's commencing after my diploma so that's really exciting so that's that's good news on the table I've got that planned out as well um but currently I'm just trying to get back into the swing of things after a long summer I've got lots of reading to do on family law and ethics um, and more reading for my dissertation as well and within the swrc i'm still a volunteer um and hopefully there'll potentially be some scope to maybe look to be coordinator next year if i get into my diploma at strathclyde mm-hmm. so we'll yeah. see fingers crossed absolutely. Yeah, fingers crossed good
0: vibes good vibes, good vibes. <laughs> um would you advise other young students to join the scottish women's rights center
1: uh, absolutely the work is informative practical and i think it really helps to develop your understanding of how the law operates in real life And as well, the work is flexible. And I think last year, the days to volunteer were a Wednesday and a Friday. And I had lectures on both of those days. So I just asked if I could do a Thursday and they were like, yeah, that's fine. So it was really flexible in that way. And I think I mentioned previously, but as a volunteer, it can be really nice to have a break, to do some research for a blog or a case for a couple of hours just to break up your day. Um, And it's always lovely to speak to the solicitors on Zoom after a volunteering session for a chat and for feedback. You know, that's really valuable time that you're getting one-on-one with someone who can tell you like, you did this great, you did this great but I would look at it from this point of view next time. Like that's so helpful. And you get that through volunteering. Um, And again, like not the be all and end all, but it looks great on your CV. It's something that makes you stand out as well. So if anyone's like interested or they want something that will give them an extra angle, I I really, I think I really value the, the experience that I have in that way
0: as well. So given the extensive amount of experience that you have from your volunteer work, from your uni work and everything, um, what are some ways that more people can find out information about violence against women and access more resources?
1: Yeah, so as a volunteer, I'm well aware that the Scottish Women's Rights Centre puts out a lot of information in the form of blogs and information posts on their website about the different types of violence against women. Um, and I think that's a really important thing to know because it's not just physical it's emotional as well, but that can take a lot of different forms and it's not always easy to spot. So I think as an observer and as a citizen, it's really important to keep yourself informed about what the different types are. And alongside the Scottish Women's Rights Centre providing information, you have to actively, you know, look at different Instagram websites, for example, as well. They'll keep you informed, keep up um, legally as well. I know as as someone that's studying the law, Sometimes it can be quite apparent because it's always going to be in front of you. But for someone else, there are plenty of other places that you can access that will have lots of different information and it's digestible and it will give you like a good example of what, what the different forms are. Um, and there's also the 16 Days of Activism, which is taking place internationally as well as in Scotland. And that looks at tackling um, violence against women as well. So that's a great resource too. It's happening in November so people can they can access information that way as well.
0: So, I mean, it sounds like you have a lot already going on for your future, yep. <laughs> but um, what are some things that you hope to achieve? Um, so
1: volunteering and interning here has really opened my eyes to wanting to qualify into family law after my degree. And it's a very different type of experience that you'd get from just doing family law at a corporate firm where you're looking at sort of surrogacy agreements and large divorce settlements this gives you more scope into things like domestic abuse cases legal aid provisions that you wouldn't normally get to touch on so it's something I definitely want to revisit in the future so (laughs) fingers crossed I'll be back here at some point soon but yeah I'm really enjoying just scoping out what there is for me to see and I I love that I've had this opportunity as well because it's given me that insight that I never would have had anyway
0: yeah no that's amazing and I honestly I feel like I'm late meeting you and it's it's been a pleasure meeting (laughs) um and you just there's so much and going on in your future and I honestly the best time for the dissertation you sound like you already have a plan to tackle it so that's amazing (laughs) way better than when I was doing mine um and yeah I look forward to see you and hear more thank Thank you you very much thank you Thank you again to Maya for all the work that you've done as both an intern and a volunteer, and just kind of giving us more insight about what that looks like participating in both roles. As mentioned by Maya, SWRC has a range of resources available for those experiencing any gender-based violence. Um, So make sure to double check their website. Also, you can check our show notes for links to that. Maya has also written a blog post about her experience as an intern with swrc which will also be in the show notes make sure to check that one out as well like always listeners don't forget to like comment and share this podcast don't forget you can always listen back to our episodes on our podbean website podcast streaming services and social media pages we'll catch you next time